Welcome back to the Meaningful Media Podcast, where we explore the media that matters. We do this by talking to innovators, academics, marketeers, agency voices, and most importantly, citizen consumers about their media experience. Last year, at the start of our first season, we spoke to Greg James, Chief Transformation Officer here at Havas Media, about what makes Meaningful Media so important and how media experience helps us to understand this. To start our second season, we talked to two new Havas Media voices to unpack this further. Recorded in front of a live audience at La Olympia Paris, thanks for joining us for this special season opener and for our second season here on the Meaningful Media Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe and follow to enjoy this episode and have our season two releases delivered to your preferred podcast app as soon as they drop. Welcome to season two of the Meaningful Media Podcast. For our season opener, we're recording live in front of an audience of our global leadership across Havas. I'm excited to welcome two special guests from Havas Media, who I'll introduce in a moment. But first, I look back. Five years ago, we realized we needed to think about media differently. The industry was lost in a mire of MarTech meiosis, confused by commoditization, and petrified by the platforms. We broke out of this morass by being the agency that talked about media again. Why it mattered, and how it builds meaningful brands. Our understanding of meaningful media as trusted, engaging, and influential was a defining moment. Today's episode is about why meaningful media matters now more than ever, and how our understanding of meaningful media is powering our transformation and delivering leadership for our clients in a time of ever-accelerating change. And now, introducing our special guests to talk about this with me today. Joanna Lawrence is EVP of Global Agency Development at Havas Media. Joe has held senior leadership positions at Agency Networks, and she led business transformation at The Telegraph, a major UK print title where she delivered a successful transition to a subscription model and pioneered new ways to engage with advertisers across events, content, and podcasts. Joe also led as a principal at Flog, a management consultancy specializing in marketing transformation and delivery of large-scale multinational pitch processes. Sandy Gruhl is our Managing Director, Global Digital Strategy. Before joining Havas Media, Sandeep led digital strategy at Dentsu Agency Visium, where he developed the agency planning product, built the digital narrative, and held a consultancy role on network solutions, specifically Merkel's M1. Joanna, Sandeep, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. So let's get started. To kick things off, tell us a little about your role at Havas Media and what meaningful media means to you both. Joe, let's come to you first. Hi, Ben. So my role at Havas Media Group is global agency development. So that means I work uh, to help support and develop transformation projects across the network, working with a myriad of different specialists, always trying to stay focused on what the long-term outcome is for our clients and for our business as well. And on your question about what I think meaningful media is, I think it's really personal. And that's the thing that's so interesting and exciting, uh, but also means that the task is huge when we're working with our clients. 
meaningful media for me is different from meaningful media from Sandeep. Um, and it's also personal to the moment in time as well. If you think about what you require from the media you consume, sometimes it's about entertainment, sometimes it's about utility, sometimes it's about information. So we need to find a way of bringing all that together at scale for our clients and help them navigate how to best leverage those moments and spaces to deliver their brand message or experience most effectively. Moments and spaces, media experience, fascinating stuff. Sandy, let's come to you now. Tell us a little bit about your role at Havas Media and what meaningful media means to you. My role at Havas Media um, is to build meaningful media experiences um, for our clients through digital. Um, and that just that takes activation, that takes data, that takes technology. So I think one of the priorities as a strategist myself um, is how do we shape the conversation away from talking technology and data first and start to talk to our clients about, look, what is the, what is the consumer-facing um, experience? What, is the consum what does the consumer see from us, right? Everything else is an enabler, and actually it's the experience of the consumer that we should be focused on first. So that's my, that's my role. Um, when we talk about what meaningful media to me is for, for me, I would say it's Sandeep 2.0. Um, bear with me. Um, so for me, meaningful media should be something which is, is something that improves you. So we can talk about it in a work context. So we can talk about the Financial Times when it's all about business and how, about, how markets move. But on a personal level, sometimes I need to, you know, compress and de-stress. And that's when Love Island comes in. Or it's things like um, my Wonder Weeks for me to learn how to be a better father for my child. So um, that's probably what meaningful media is to me. That, that's lovely. That, that media experience is helping you, making you feel like a better person. I'm not sure media always does that for me. Sort of Twitter sometimes makes me feel a bit like Ben 0 0.5. Um, so, um, but that's fascinating from, from both of you. Thank you. So let's think about meaningful media. A lot's happening, right? We've seen the release of ChatGPT. We've got generative AI coming to the consumer, Elon Musk's Twitter, um, and so much change, so much change in development. So I'm going to ask you a challenging one. What's the most meaningful thing happening in meaningful media right now? Sandeep, I'm going to come back to you first on this one. Yeah, of course. So how do we start to build meaningful media experiences when the level of complexity increases? Um, so for me, I think the biggest one single thing, um, which probably is a long-term focus for our business and probably shapes it, and I think that's AI. I know I'm saying a broad term there, but I'm being very specific about what it means is that we've started to move away from this abstract concept over here. And we're starting to talk about it in terms of, look, what is the tangible consumer benefit out of this? Um, the one thing we realize with consumers is, look, things like Netflix recommending shows to you, we don't really pull the benefit out of it, or where Google then predictably, predictably optimizes search or based on your search query, right? So if you've searched for a term and then it searches, it shows you the context of what is coming next. We don't really talk about the benefit of that. And actually, I know you just talked about ChatGPT, but that's the first thing where people actually see a use case where they have the opportunity to create. And I was trying to work it back to a media context or a media future. So the one thing for me was, if you think about Spotify, right? Rather than scrolling through a playlist to find which one suits your mood, what if the experience was, Hey Spotify, it's been a long day, it's raining, I've opened up a bottle of wine, and I just need something to cheer up my mood, and nothing too heavy, right? You've got about four or five contextual cues in that conversation, and those can build a powerful, 
uh, media experience for that person, right? So that's the things that I think we can really unlock through, through, through AI. Fascinating. AI curating a media experience. Joe, coming to you on, on, on this one. So Sandeep's talk about how AI will permeate media. That's true for the other disciplines within the group as well, for sure. Um, one other macro trend that I was thinking about was the commercial model for media. Um, you know, as part of the broader Vivendi group as well, you know, that's really sharply in focus for so many media businesses at the moment. Um, is their revenue model, their commercial model sustainable? And what role does brands play in all of that? If you think about it, the audience, us as the audience, always pay for media in some shape or form. We're either directly purchasing um, a magazine, we're subscribing to a, um, an app, or we're paying through our eyeballs, the advertising that we're exposed to, and increasingly our data as well. So, you know, you've seen subscription-based media platforms like Netflix and Disney Plus just in the last year really try to realize that actually they need to incorporate advertising in that model to make it sustainable for the future. And even ChatGPT that you just talked about, Sandeep, this week announced they're going to launch um, a premium subscription version in the US as well. So everyone's struggling with how to get the balance right. And I think the critical thing for us to work on with our clients is what's their role within that ecosystem? How do they make sure that the advertising experiences that we create um, enhance that media experience and don't detract from it. Really interesting, and especially in terms of talking about commercial models, because one of the surprising things, maybe not surprising, but we've seen is, uh, you know, with streaming, advertising appearing in streaming, the launch of ad-supported models, so suddenly, you know, TV is kind of back, right? You know, 15-second, 30-second ad slots, really impactful. Um, that, that, for me, was, uh, you know, one of the things that, that seems to be continuing momentum. And I'm going to jump off from that question and onto social platforms, Right, because there's a there's a lot happening in social specifically. Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter, you can see it's very much on my mind. Uh, caused a bit of a storm. We've got Meta's possibly surprising results, proving their ad support, their ad model is very resilient, um, and their capture of that that market. Uh, and it, you know, at the same time, we've got the rise of the new platform. Right, I read something interesting that um, uh, from Ofcom in the UK that for Gen Z, TikTok is the first departure for search. Right, so it's the it's the place Gen Zs go to search rather than Google or um, some other uh, search uh, platform, which is kind of fascinating. And at the edges, we've got new platforms like Be Real and old favourites uh, like Reddit. I'm a redditor, I must admit. Um, and they're seeing a resurgence by focusing on different kinds of media experience in social. So it's a complex landscape. Give us your sense of the state of play in social platforms, and what do we need to be looking out for this year? Sandeep, I'm going to come to you first. I mean, you've kind of half answered the question with everything that is going on in social, but I think the big, the big part is there is so much that we need to, to navigate. Um, so I'm going to try and find one, one thing that I think is pretty important. In January, we, did, um, we launched our trends. The media group launched a trends for 2023 um, called Reality Check. And one of the observations that came out of that was um, um, identity and self-expression. So I think one of the big, big pillars is like your digital identity is such a huge part of, of that person, especially for our younger audiences. What we're seeing is like a lot of the platforms that are in the marketplace at the moment are trying to be that authentic voice for that audience. Interesting. Right? Yeah. We've got, you talked about Be Real. Um, the fact that you have a two minute window to tell people what you're doing in that exact moment is trying to find some sort of social equity in that space. Interesting, yeah. Um, and then we talk about the broader topic of um, things like TikTok and content, right? 
Um, so one of the bigger things is I think we can all disagree or agree, I know there's a lot of creative people in the room, but the influence of what TikTok has had um, on our industry in, in terms of content creation and shaping culture. So I think the big thing for us is, I think this year is the evolution of um, the creator economy. I think that's the thing that's going to come through this year, especially, especially because all of the platforms are now focused on um, building the infrastructure. And it's not just give people the tools and the things to create nice content, nice filters, but it's also the infrastructure to link it back to commerce. So I think the big play is how we see that becoming a bigger part. And then outside of that is, okay, how do we harness that for our brands? How do we see that? And how do we use things like, as Peter talked about, have us play to try and build that for us, for our brands? Fascinating. Yeah, social commerce, that, that media experience in commerce and, and the importance of the creative economy there. We did an episode on that not long ago, and it, I, I learned a lot, right? It's a fascinating space. Joe, what's the big thing that's happening in social this, this year? Give us your take. So I'm going to flip it around and think about it from our client's point of view. Yeah. Um, and actually, I liken it to being a parent of two almost teenagers. I have a bit of social anxiety myself. I know they're growing up in a world that is absolutely driven by social media. It's the way they communicate. It's the way they game. It's the way they discover stuff. Um, and I know that I can't resist it. I need to let them enter into it. But I'm kind of mindful of the um, the concerns I have around the suitability of the spaces that they're playing in and learning from. And I think that's what we see when we talk with our clients as well. Um, you know, a lot of the time, all of us are focused on a specific campaign. But I think this year is really a moment to sort of take a step back and help work with our clients on what their social strategy is by platform, really thinking about it by brand and how that is really helping build and grow their business. What's the balance between the brand suitability, the letting go of brand control, but also the like utility and experiences that they can build in that space? Yeah, and we, we kind of understand that through through the lens of a media experience, and it helps us with, with both the consumers, how the consumer citizen is feeling about how brands are showing up in those platforms, but also policy on, on, on where brands should be there uh, in, in the first place. So, Joe, I'm going to come to you next because you've, you led transformation at a major Major news org that went successfully from print to press um, and developed the, you know these new sponsorship models. So, how you know, given your previous experience at Flock as well, how is the way that we think about meaningful media at Havas distinct in the industry, and how is it setting us up to win? Big questions, Ben. Big, big, sorry. Yeah, big, big <laughs> um, so I think I would actually build on what Sandeep was saying about thinking about the connectivity between all the different disciplines. Mm. Um, I really saw that working with clients from um, a consultancy point of view in terms of actually we can be doing amazing work, but if the operating model isn't right to connect together all of the different expertise and disciplines, um, then it's very hard to achieve those transformation goals. So I think the lens of meaningful media, putting the consumer at the forefront and understanding what the relationship needs to be between the brand and the consumer in that media experience to get the right kind of brand and business impact continues to be true. But what we need to do is think about the growth pillars and how we really connect all of that together so that we don't plan by silo and that we plan by the media experience. And that requires a real shift in how we operate as 
a business ourselves, but also the operating model that we create with our clients, what the points of intersection are between their organization and the increasingly wide range of stakeholders that we work with on the client side as well, um, and what are the right kind of KPIs and ways of thinking about how we create effective media experiences that cut across all of those different disciplines. Awesome. Okay, so let's look to the future now. The year is 2028. What's meaningful media? What's changed? Sandeep, come to you first. That's scary because it's only five years away. Um, so I think, there's three, I think there's three things that will converge by 2028. Um, one thing is a shift in data, data ownership from brands to consumers. I think we're not there yet. Um, everything is talking about privacy, and I think it will move to um, consumers actually having a better understanding of how to ap apply their data. I think the second thing is all around um, conversational, com conversational media. So I think I kind of alluded to it at the beginning. Um, and then the third thing is, um, I think we haven't really scratched the surface today about Web3 and the consumer experiences that we might create in three years' time. I think if we pull those three things together, I think the big thing is um, this piece around user-led, consumer-led media experiences. Interesting. So p the power coming back to the consumer and the consumer being more and more aware of um, what's going on under the hood almost. Joe, let's come to you on this one. The year is 2028. What's changed? So I think there's two genres of media experience that are um, scaling quite quickly already that I think will be even bigger in five years' time, but bigger for different reasons. Um, the first one is gaming. So gaming is huge from an audience point of view already. And actually, it's like if you think about the way that the gaming sector taps into technologies like AR and VR, they're really creating like amazing immersive experiences for gamers. But actually, from a brand point of view, brands aren't really unlocking it at scale at the moment, I don't think. So I think that will, you know, by the time we get five years ahead, that will be a huge opportunity and we'll have figured out as an industry how to better leverage that for our clients um, for their benefit. On the other hand, uh, a channel that's kind of got the reverse situation at the moment is retail media networks. So over the last year, we've seen a huge amount of buzz in the industry about different retailers all launching their own media network, um, the panic by the FMCG brands to get in there quickly, but it's very much focused on the advertising opportunity and less on what it's given to the shopper, I think. Mm. So I think that will be more about making that experience better, more entertaining, more useful from the consumer's point of view by yeah, 2028. Yeah, really interesting. I think some of our listeners will agree that on some of the platforms, not all, but some of the platforms that experience perhaps, you know, lessons over time. So that's going to be one to watch for. May I do one? Of course. Okay, so the, I think um, search will have fundamentally changed. I think um, conversational AI, chatbot AI will have changed how we think about search. Um, and I wonder if, uh, given the announcements from uh, Microsoft yesterday around um, GPT 3.5, GPT 4 coming into Bing, we might see a very different search landscape. But maybe we'll get invited back in 2028 and we can, we can be marked on our, our prediction. You can hold us to it. You can hold us to account on that one. Right, so we like to close each episode of the Meaningful Media podcast with the Meaningful Media Fast Five. Are you ready? We're ready. Okay, so... Uh, Joe, I'm going to come to you first, okay? So, what's your meaningful media? So, right now, it is the yoga YouTube channel that I'm following to try and start every day with a, a stretch and a bit of zen. 
Um, I love that. So what, what other media do you start your, your day with? So I quite quickly ruined the Zen <laughs> by <laughs> checking my news apps. Um, and actually, I try to get out of my own echo chamber and I look at The Telegraph and The Guardian, two quality news brands from the UK, but kind of diametrically, politically opposed. Uh, I love that. Like your yoga balance in all things. I have a bad habit of starting the day with Twitter, which is, you know, like an espresso or a sort of shot of cortisol straight into the vein. So I, I need to learn from you on that one. What media do you turn to when you want to get inspired? So for inspiration, I think you need to let your mind wander, don't you? So I would go old school and pick cinema because it's the most immersive escapist media and it's the only media where I'm not multitasking and checking my phone at the same time. Interesting. Focused on the media experience. Do you, do you come for the ads or the trailers? Of course. Of course you do. Of course you do. Um, okay, so <clears throat> what's your media guilty pleasure? That would be Kistory. If any of you live in the UK, you'll know hopefully it's an old school dance radio station. So for um, singing in the kitchen um, and dancing around my living room. Love it. If you could have one media platform for the rest of your life, what would it be? I guess based on what's available right now, um, I'm going to be greedy and say Google because I feel like it would fulfill quite a lot of requirements and meaningful media moments, both from a sort of usefulness point of view, a managing my chaotic diary point of view and finding the best coffee wherever I am in the world. Interesting. Okay. Sandy, can you bring us home? Yes, I can. What's your meaningful media? I'd say The Athletic. Mm -hmm. I'm sports mad. So great journalism. Love it. What media do you start your day with? It's a Spotify and Blinkist uh, music and a quick 15-minute read. What media do you turn to when you want to get inspired? Um, I've gone different to Joe. Um, there's a wonderful app called Pocket, which allows you to take snippets of articles from around the web, which you can then read at a later date. Interesting. Pocket, check it out. What's your media guilty pleasure? Um, I'm going to say The Real Housewives of Potomac is the best one of the lot. Oh, controversial in our audience there. We should put it to a poll, maybe. Um, so, if you could have one media platform for the rest of your life, what would it be? has to be the gram. Um, it's become a diary of all the things that I've done in my life, which is quite nice to reflect on. We've also used it for our little one um, around documentary, documenting how he grows up. So, yeah, it has to be that one. It's really lovely. Thank you. Lovely note to finish on. Sandeep, Joe, thank you for joining us and thank you for our audience, uh, our global leadership here at Havas, uh, for, this, for being here for this recording of our special season two opener. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Joe. Thanks, Sandeep. We'll be exploring many of the themes from this discussion in the coming season. But for now, one topic is eclipsing all others, generative AI. So we're making this the topic of our next episode. ChatGPT, Bing Chat to AI image and video generation, we'll be unpacking what this wave of AI innovation means for meaningful media and how it's changing media experience. We're going to be joined by two experts in the field. Make sure you're following the Meaningful Media podcast to get this episode delivered to your app as soon as it drops. And also, please leave us a review. It helps people find us and it helps improve the show. You can also reach out to us on email, podcasts at haveasmg.com. That's podcasts at haveasmg.com. And you can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. Drop me a message or join the conversation. We love to hear your thoughts and feedback.